0: Career Disruptors is the podcast for senior managers who are not afraid to challenge the status quo, who challenge assumptions and who push the boundaries and love shattering conventional wisdom. I'm coach Caroline De Kimber, empowering professionals to build a personal brand that gives them the confidence they need to go after the career they want and deserve. Welcome to the show and today on the show we have Ange Sinclair. Now, Ange is going to talk to us about feeding our gut bacteria the right type of foods to increase our productivity at work. Now, Ange is a naturopath, nutritionist and herbalist with a special interest in all things Gut health. Now, she has a clinical practice called Digestive Detective in Crowsness, and her goal is to get you thinking about what you're eating to best serve your gut bacteria, which will set you up for good health over your lifetime, basically. So, welcome to the show, Ange. Thanks for having me, Caroline brilliant perfect so before we dive in I always like to find out why what got you
1: so interested in this topic what's your story around it so as a child I suffered from chronic constipation and have for the last 45 years Um, so that's been an ongoing thing for me and so and also my mother her mother her mother before her Um, all suffered as well, Um, but what really got me into it, so that started my interest, but what really got me into it, when my last child was born, he had eczema so bad on his ears Every time we went to pull his um, little top off, it looked like his ears would come off. Wow. Um, so that I would take him to the doctor and they'd go, oh, there's nothing you can do, nothing will resolve it, just take some steroid cream and, and do that. So that was the thing that sort of initiated it for me. I thought there must be a better way. Um, and so then I went off to learn about food and, and herbs and how that could help him um, and then consequently got into, well, gut health plays a really big role in those sorts of things and how um food the foods that i was eating um were um making his skin the way it was essentially um so that's really what started me out
0: wow that must be heartbreaking also to see your son like um with like having a problem with his skin and that you said and that you feel powerless to actually do anything to, so um now, before you investigated, like, what was going on with yourself and with your son, like, were you already a, a naturopath or how did that all come into play?
1: No, actually, I was probably middle-level management for a retail chain, um, so that's, that, it was so far removed from what I'd done previously. Uh, I just always had a real interest in food um, and, and good food you know about um and we had a terrible diet as well at that stage because i never had time um but i had three kids under 3 so um by the time the last one came around it was like oh no i really need to get on top of how i'm feeding these kids and and you know uh how i um you know show up for them in a food way, um, and I was a terrible cook Caroline so <laughs> <laughs> that 's good to hear because i 'm not the best nider and for me, it needs to be very simple as uh, so yes, <laughs> yeah. and I still am not a great cook, but i 've learned little tricks along the way that you know it 's easy to eat really healthy, like people say to me all the time. Oh, I find it so difficult to cook dinner. Well, I don't ever use anything packaged. I make everything from scratch and I can make a meal mostly in under 25 minutes. Wow. Um, so, and that's just practice. I've been doing it now for about, oh, I guess 12 years. Um, and the more you do it and add things in, the easier that it gets. Um, yeah. And you don't have to be a Cordon Bleu chef to make your family something that's really healthy, really tasty. Um, and that's really good for your gut bacteria. So I think that's really good. So basically, you
0: changed your, your diet initially. So what came first? So you started to do research about how you could help your son with his skin problems. And so that evolved more into becoming the, then a naturopath, a nutritionist,
1: then a herbalist. Like, How did that come along? Well, I had an interest in going back to study because I didn't want to be in retail forever. Um, and it was a big dip in the retail environment at that point in time too. And I travelled. I travelled a lot. Um, and I didn't want to be travelling you know, I, I wanted to be at home because having three kids under three, it was costing me more to put them into something than, yeah. you know, into into childcare than it, I was actually making, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. So it was just I decided that I wanted to embrace a complete career change yeah. and, and that sort of was the catalyst for me. Um, and I just thought there's got to be an easier way to uh, be able to help him without it involving, you know, medications and stuff like that because you can't in my opinion you can't stay on a medication forever and 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 be healthy um That's so
0: true. I think like we definitely lost
1: a lot of the the connection
0: uh, with like healing ourselves through food and through natural ways and always reverting so easily to uh, medication and and chemicals to solve our problem. But it's not really sustainable. It's just a patch of work basically to hide the, the true thing. Um, so, and how did you then discover that everything was really going on in the gut? How did you, that transition go?
1: Well, I think that in the last probably, uh, 10 years, I would say there's been a really big shift in, um, the technology that we have. So before, you know, olden day naturopaths knew that everything, um, come back to the gut and they treated that, but they didn't have any scientific validation around that just because we couldn't um we didn't have the technology to be able to do that um and look in the last 10 years there's been um an explosion in the last three years there's been a mega explosion um <laughs> so there's about 1200 scientific studies that come out a month now which is wow. really really on just on gut health alone and, and the diseases that it helps or or doesn't help so it's it's really um seen a huge virgin popularity and and there's lots of people getting on with um getting onto the bandwagon with commercial products and, you know, I'm sure you've seen them foods and all that sort of stuff as well. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, a big popularity contest. And I think they're not all necessarily right, but it's really good to see people focusing more on things that we can change ourselves to some degree, um, which is what I love. You know, if you teach people what to do, they can actually go out every day and do it. So, which I find fascinating
0: exactly so how how can we link gut now to to productivity at work what's the connection there
1: well in our in our gut we have um we make our neurotransmitters so for um focused thoughts and mood that that is helpful you know because when we eat stuff that promotes the the um production of those neurotransmitters and that can give our brain a boost um it's our serotonin which is our happy hormone so it it um it promotes that Production of serotonin. So, if you're eating right for your gut bacteria, you can actually improve your happiness um, just by increasing your serotonin. Uh, The other thing is, it can increase your energy because we make our own B vitamins um, in our gut. Our bacteria help us make those from bifidobacteria. So, it increases our energy. If we're feeding the gut bacteria right, we can increase our own energy from within um, rather than relying on supplementation to be able to do that. So, you know, fueling your body with the right sort of food Um, because we know your brain needs um, sustained energy when you're focused for a long period of time so so eating the right things um, makes a huge difference to the outcome of the day you know you can get what you need from that food
0: yeah exactly no I I definitely agree with uh, with that in in terms of like um, it, it determines everything how you are uh, performing in a meeting or performing when you have to focus and do Excel spreadsheets or anything. It's like, okay, how much energy that you have to perform those tasks. Mm. And um, sometimes I think it's like very... a lot of people wouldn't be too much aware that what they eat and their gut, basically, and and having the right foods that really serve your gut can influence that. Because you always look at like like things like su- supplements. Like I, I remember um, uh, I used to love taking a g- ginseng or mm. do you do you pronounce it ginseng? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> at uh, at work, just like but there are other ways rather than taking supplements that actually can foster the right, uh, the right gut bacteria environment, basically. Mm-hmm. So what are you seeing that people can achieve when they do that right, when they eat the right foods?
1: Well, I think that, you know, I, you see sustained energy and they can go from morning to night. The thing about eating the right foods is that um, when you're just skipping from a coffee uh, at a meeting, then you'll have a pastry, then you'll have uh, a sandwich, or a sushi for lunch, um, and then you'll have a chocolate bar for afternoon tea, there's really big spikes in your blood sugar all day long. So um, that tends to, you know, really make you sluggish, uh, really make your focus not very good um, and really decreases your energy. So you'll notice that quite quickly. Um, I always find one of the biggest things is um, mistakes I see is coffee before food. Yeah. Um, coffee for some people is... Um, it can act as a, well, makes them go to the bathroom essentially and for some people it gives them the urgency to go. Whereas if you had coffee after the food, coffee's a bitter um, substance so it can help with your digestion. Um, mm-hmm. If you've had a really good breakfast and, and then you have a cup of coffee, it can really help um, break down that food and, and um, you know, put you in a better place digestively rather mm-hmm. than having it before because it's a stimulant so it turns everything on and you don't, necessarily want your whole body turned on before you um, have food yeah
0: exactly so that those that's one example what are the other examples that you see that people go wrong in because it's interesting to see like how you have a habit of drinking coffee like first thing mm. in the morning before you do anything. Actually most of the time to get you going. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Give you the energy to get you going because you think like, oh my
1: God, another day. Well, like, okay. I, after coffee I'm up for it. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the other things we do and when coming back to coffee, we have coffee to get us up in the morning and then wine to get us down at night. And that becomes habitual. So I think that's problematic too. And that's not necessarily uh a gut health thing, but your body becomes to rely on those stimulants um, and depressants to, to get oh. it into a routine. And then it becomes habits. And habits, as we know, are really tricky to break Um, But one of the other things I see is people not eating breakfast. You know, as as gut health, we know that um, there's a thousand different species of gut bacteria. There's heaps more, but we only know of a thousand right now through the technology that we have. And we know that you and I have about between 130 and 150 each, and they're different. So yours will be completely different to mine. So each individual has gut bacteria that's unique as their own fingerprint. so we, yeah. So we'll require different things um, around that. So um, having breakfast, I think, is a really good way. The other thing uh, around that is um, gut bacteria need fiber to survive. You know, so they're driven by fiber. Really, if you you need to feed them for them to be able to do the work that we want them to do, increase our serotonin, make our B vitamins, protect our immune system all those sorts of things. So we need that. Um, And what happens when we don't feed them at every meal is that they become depleted or they don't work as well as they could. So that's problematic. So I think it's really important that um, we take every opportunity to get the right sort of food into them Um, and, and the fibre. And Australians don't eat Enough fiber, nowhere near it, so zero point five percent of Australians eat the right amount of fiber so for a woman that would be twenty eight um, grams of fiber per day, and for a man it's at thirty four grams of fiber so most people I see would eat between ten and twelve grams of fiber a day um, and and there's a there's a real spike at the minute in um, colon cancer for the 24 to 29 year old age group, and I put that down to um, I have teenagers in that sort of young adult range group, and I put that down to Uber Eats. Um, I know Uber Eats get blamed for everything, but they're eating <laughs> foods they're eating foods that that they're not you know that their bodies aren't designed to eat over and over and over again, and they tend not to eat fiber, so that that really is problematic for people yeah um, so it's all coming... the accessibility isn't
0: it yeah. everyday, we can just have anything every anything anytime we want these days yeah and it's yeah. a real 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 uh problem um now you also linked that to um like uh, the constipation that you experienced the uh, eczema uh that your son had so how did that how did you link that how did like, what are the typical signs that somebody eat better
1: foods that serve their gut bacteria, basically? Yeah, so look, there's a couple of things. So if you have smelly gas, okay. um, I always ask people, would their gas hospitalise a small child? the um, people run from the room if they fart? Um, <laughs> if, if they go to the bathroom to do a poo and if nobody can walk in there for 20 minutes after that, that's worth getting checked out because... There is something happening there. Innately in humans, poo doesn't really smell. It's got a natural smell. It shouldn't really be offensive. So if, if it's offensive, then, then there's um, something not going right. Um, brain fog is a, is a big one. If, if you're com- constantly brain fogged all the time, there's something happening and that could be a thyroid thing, but it also could be something happening in your gut that you're not... Um, getting those GABA and the, the serotonin and making all those neurotransmitters that you need to, to be unfolded. Um, and that can take a real um, bashing to somebody's work. You know, when you can't focus or concentrate or or do stuff, it's really difficult to get the job done that you, you're paid to do. So um, that can be a really big consequence of that. Um, and having no stamina to concentrate, that can be problematic as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh... And, I didn't know smelly gas was a symptom that you potentially would have uh, have to look after your your gut bacteria. Yeah,
1: I mean, look, it, you should. People often say to me, "Oh, I think I fart excessively," but most people should fart between about fourteen and twenty times. But it shouldn't be offensive. Um, wow, a day, fourteen to yeah.
0: twenty times yeah. a day. Yeah, and apparently,
1: Caroline, I don't believe this to be true, but apparently, women fart more than men, and I think. <laughs> I actually think a man did that study, not a woman. Um, <laughs> I don't believe that to be true. But the thing is I think it's important that people know um, yeah. that that's normal. And and if you're eating a fibre-rich diet, you should be fighting that much because that means you're really feeding the gut bacteria, but it shouldn't smell. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things is... Um, You should be able to go to the bathroom with no issues. I mean, with constipation, there's a lot of things that cause constipation. It's just not diet. It can be pelvic floor. It can be vagal nerve um, stimulation. So there's a whole raft of things it could be. But for a lot of people, I see um, a fibre is is a real issue and drinking water is a real issue for them. Um, What else? Uh, Common cold all the time. Having a cold, uh, getting um, sick often over and over is a big symptom. And, and allergies, if you're suffering from allergies all the time, there's something happening in your gut. Allergies, eczema, asthma, they're all gut-related to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really good to be able to link that back to where it is. And I'm sure you've seen some of the things on TV, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, uh, there's a couple of other diseases that they're now linking to actually what's happening in your gut is what's the trigger for those things to come about Alzheimer's.
0: Uh, that's a, those because I would, was just going to, to about to ask you because we talked about the the short-term consequences like okay you can have brain fog and mm-hmm. smelly farts like but what are the long-term uh, consequences and having those diseases it's like the is that the long-term
1: consequences of like not looking after your gut bacteria? Yeah, it certainly can be. And going on to colon cancer and um, other sorts of Diseases can also be a consequence. Rheumatoid arthritis is another one that's, that's linked to um, bad gut bacteria, ankylosing spondylitis, osteoporosis, all those sort of things are, are now being recognised as well. There's, there's some mechanism in the gut that's starting them off. So it's oh. always good to sort of think about, well, have I got that? What else do I need to do now to combat that? Um, so I think that's a, a good place to start is look at what's happening in your gut and
0: and how long does it take take to rectify like like if you say okay now i'm going to look after my diet and actually the the gut bacteria like how long does it take to 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 have any effect
1: well I could say how long's a piece of string for yeah. that question. <laughs> but there is research done that in as little as three days, if you have taken, if you eat a predominantly junk food diet, in as little as three days, you can make positive changes in your gut bacteria.
0: Yeah, perfect. Either way,
1: so if you've got a good diet and you eat junk food for three days, you'll make a change. Um, if you've got a bad diet and you eat good for three days, you'll make a change. So that's really promising, I believe.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it will be like, like you said, like it has long-term, um, positive effects like that you will like have like for the, for the rest of your life. So, um, you talked about the right food. So let's dive into what are are those right foods? Because I'm sure that there is like, that you have an opinion or advice to, to Mm -hmm. share that also.
1: So there's a couple of foods. So my first one would be anything that contains fibre. So fruit and veg is essential, um, in my opinion, because we know that all those gut bacteria we have, we know that they're fed by fruit and vegetables, um, particularly vegetables like... um, Uh, that are high in polyphenols. So polyphenols are the metabolites that that help turn into the neurotransmitters, our hormones, all those sorts of things. So they're essential. And they come in foods that are um, are red, purple, and blue. So I always encourage people to have frozen blueberries, um, berries of any sort often, um, red cabbage, red onion, um, eggplant, a pomegranate strawberries all those sorts of things often get them into their diet because they're not only good for heart health they're also really supercharged your gut health yeah um, so any sort of vegetable my and, and we'll talk about the recommendations at the end so vegetables are important and with the huge um a swing towards the paleo diet Um, we've sort of cut out a lot of vegetables. We've also cut out legumes and beans, which are the best things for gut bacteria. They love legumes and beans. And I can't tell you the amount of people that I see that have been full-on paleo and then they've had to have a round of antibiotics and they've never been well since. Um, so if you, if I have no dietary opinions and stuff, I think people find their own way. But if you're going to eat those sorts of diets, you really do need to make sure that you're putting in the right amount of fibre and that you're getting good quality um, prebiotic foods um, and uh, foods that are going to help your gut bacteria rather than hinder them and dye them off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so legumes are a big, beans are big, foods that have resistant starch. So, for example, cooked and cooled rice, um, cooked and cooled potatoes, and they can be sweet potatoes or potatoes. Having a little bit of one of those every day is is fantastic for gut health. Um, oats are really great for gut health. Yeah, and, and not too not too much meat because there's um bacteria called hydrogen sulfide producers. They're the ones that make you have the smelly that smell like egg. Um, <laughs> they love they love high dairy and they love um lots of saturated fat. So the more saturated fat in that, the more of those bacteria you'll encourage to grow rather than the good ones that that are really good for your health.
0: It's so interesting because you have so much conflicting information out there and it's so difficult sometimes to... Know what's right or wrong if you don't have that that background that that you have. Like, okay, what should I do? Like, what what's right and what's wrong? Because you have all these, you hear all all these diets and these like. Uh, I don't like the word diet because sometimes it's more like a healthy food habit. Let's say that. <laughs> you have all these healthy food recommendations, but. Like they they contradict sometimes each other in terms of what you can and can't eat. Um, so, and but yes, you do more harm sometimes by following all that bad advice, and like you don't realize what you're doing to your body.
1: Yeah. Look, I think, Caroline, on that. My my thoughts are there is no one diet for everybody. I think that's the biggest myth that we've been sold, that if we all go paleo, we'll all go keto, we're all going to be thin. Um, I I once met a lady who'd quit sugar and um, she'd been on it for nearly four weeks. Her hair had fallen out. She'd got this rash all over her skin. Um, She felt miserable. She was so fatigued, she could hardly get out of bed in the morning. And I said, why are you still doing it? She said, because I'm supposed to get really healthy um, from it. And I said, well, it doesn't look like you're getting really healthy from it. Um, it's not for you. It's not the diet that is good for your body. So I think that's really important. Um, yeah. Going with fruit and vegetables, I think you can't go wrong and no. supplementing bits of other things is useful. I think the things to remember with diet or even healthy eating, as long as it's not out of a packet, but it's yeah. fresh and it's well sourced, and that it's variety-driven, that you're not eating the same thing every day. Because in clinic, the people I see who are the sickest are the person that goes, no, I don't need to fill out a food diary. I eat the same thing over and over every day. I can tell you what I eat. They're the people who have really, really damaged gut bacteria. oh <laughs> I'm so guilty of that sometimes. And I like... think we more can because it's like my
0: life is so busy and it's like Mm -hmm. we eat the same thing every single not every day but every single week we have the same elements that are on the menu well you're gonna love when we get to tips then (laughs) yes because actually that's what i wanted to ask you uh next because you in the beginning you said like look i have some quick things that i i can have a meal ready for my family Mm -hmm. and you you said yourself you have a family of three kids like wow (laughs) That is a busy household. So uh, like share those tips with, with us and with the listeners. Like what are your recommendations? How can we just take simple steps moving forward to look
1: after our gut bacteria? So one of the the one of the easiest things, and I think it's a bit of prep work and it'll take you three days to do it, but it's really easy. So what I would suggest you do for three days is write yourself a food diary. Be really honest because you're not, it's not good. Food, food for me is not good or bad. It just is what it is. So write your, your food diary for three days. If you had um, chicken and salad for lunch, write chicken and all the things that are in the salad, lettuce, cucumber, tomato, um capsicum whatever it is and then get some colored pencils and it's it's orange red purple blue green and yellow and then go back after the three days and circle all the um fruit and vegetables that are that color yeah and what you'll notice it's like tripping over the truth once you see it you can't unsee it Um, and you will see those six colors are what feeds the mass array of your good bacteria a lot of people and little kids, especially when I do this with them, they go, oh, I don't eat enough vegetables. Or, oh, I'm missing yellow or I'm missing red or I'm missing green. So those six colours are foods that we should be eating every day to, to maximise and supercharge our gut bacteria. Yeah. Um, so that's where I would start. That would be my first tip. My second tip is... Um, Make sure that you're having legumes, beans, um, resistant starch so the potatoes cooked and cooled uh, a couple of times a week. It doesn't have to be every day but a couple of times a week. Yeah. Make sure that the um, protein you use, you're, you're mixing it up. You're having fish and chicken and, and, and different sorts of meats and not necessarily heavy on the meat, yeah. better on the meat. Make sure that your portion sizes are, if you're having um, a protein, it's the palm of your hand is the size that you have um, and you're going have as many vegetables as you like essentially um there's actually an interesting study that's been done on vegetables and i'm not sure who paid for this but it was very interesting um that the more vegetables you eat um they because of the polyphenols and the phytochemicals in them they actually make you give you an attractive glow and they make you look (laughs) much more attractive so why wouldn't we eat more fruit and vegetables yeah so that would be my first thing. The other thing that I found really easy for my family, because we have a stepchild as well, so there were six of us at one oh, stage. Wow. Um, Uh, So I wrote out a master list and because I'm not a great cook, I um, for years learned how to cook recipes. I would always cook with a recipe. I could never cook anything off the top of my head. So I made out a master list of the foods that three out of six people would eat because you can never get six out of six. Um, So I did that for a while and then we just um, kept changing up the Uh, different sorts of uh, things that we would eat on a regular basis. So I always suggest to clients that they have between 30 and 40 different sorts of fruit and vegetable fibres during the week. And people go, oh, are there 40 different fruit and vegetables? There are. Wow, Um, between 30 and 40. But it's easy when you think about it. I'll give you some tips. For example, if you had a red apple and a green apple, that would count at two. Yeah. So if you had a snack in the morning, if you had um, porridge with stewed apples in the morning and you used a red apple, that's one. And if you had a snack, an apple with some almonds in the afternoon, that's two already. Um, yeah. And then you're making Mexican and you had three different coloured um, capsicums, red, green and yellow, you're at five already.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Think how easy that is. Um, yeah. And you had a couple of greens and you might have a, a blue zucchini and a really dark green one. Yeah. That's two more. So just by mixing up that sort of thing, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. It becomes easy, and it becomes you don't actually have to think about it so much. The other thing is, don't eat the same foods every day. Really try and mix up what you're having. Yeah. That that I think is probably one of the biggest game changers I see for people when they don't eat the same thing over and over again, and they have variety. Um, you know, they say variety is the spice of life, and that is particularly true. Mm. When it comes to gut bacteria and feeding those so they'd be my biggest tips
0: do you have some uh, go-to recipes like just uh, like for dinner that people can quite quickly like make in, in, in that contains all the different the different fru- fruits and veggies that that are
1: needed yeah so my favorite one of my favorite meals and my family's favorite meal i think uh, five out of five will eat it these days so I take that as a win. Um, so Mexican beans, so black beans, um, pinto beans, or white. You can use cannellini beans. Yeah. Um, and to that we add capsicum, carrot, onion, leek, beetroot. If we've got beetroot, sweet potato, we put in it. Um, corn, we put in it. Um, tin tomatoes goes in there as well. So lots of different chilies, like chipotle chili, and a couple mm. of others. Um, Love chilies. <laughs> yeah, and it really—it's super easy to make. It stores really well in the freezer, so we always make extra. So we put them into serving portion sizes in case there's only one people person home that, that they, they can then use it for themselves. So that that I think is a real tip for a lot of people. Yeah. Make extra than you need um, and, and then use it in a different way for tomorrow. So uh, I sometimes have whatever I had for dinner I have for breakfast or I take it for lunch. Yes. Um, And that sort of gives me a start. And then I can make the dinner and the breakfast something different to what I had the other day. It just changes how I think about food. Um, You know, I'm not continually thinking, oh, gee, what are we going to have? What am I going to have for lunch today? Oh, my
0: God, that's the story of my life, Ange.
1: (laughs) And for most people because we don't have, we're all so busy, we don't have that space in our brain. The other thing that I encourage people to do, once you have your master list of dinners that people will eat uh, and you need probably about 15 to 20 that you would eat regularly. Yep. I get them. I used to, when my kids were little, I used to put the list on the fridge and then we would stand there and read through it and I would get um, them to pick out the meals they wanted. Because as a mum, the thing I hate the most is working out what's for dinner.
0: Yes, So I agree. if
1: there's a list <laughs> that people can just pick off, that's fantastic. Yes. Because then I don't have to think about it. I know I can make it. I know what ingredients I need that I can buy so there's no wastage. Um, I know it's not going to sit in the fridge and not get used. So that was sort of my thinking. Plan it out and then on the weekends I'd go, okay, on Sunday, this is the list I'm having for this week. Then I could go to work, do my work, come home and go, okay, well, we're having Mexican beans tonight or we're having um, stir-fried veggies with um, lamb strips or we're having racks or things like that. So lots of options is always better,
0: I think. Yeah. An easy recipes, like yeah, if you break it up into 15 to 20 that you rotate and definitely yeah. when you have a, a busy family that you can actually like uh, just pull out and have those ingredients ready to go because you have them for, for from your weekly shop. Oh, makes things so much easier. It does what about lunch times? Because I remember when um, I was working in corporate, that was one of the biggest, biggest challenges that I faced. Like it's so easy to go to the food court and to get some stuff. Is there any advice that you have on the better choices
1: or food choices that we can make uh, for lunch? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the things that I tell people all the time is fat, fibre and protein. So if your meal consists of fat, fibre and protein, it's a good meal. Yeah. So when you go and buy sushi, um, sushi has a little bit of fibre, not very much fat because it's quite lean and, and a teeny tiny bit of protein. So there's more carbohydrates in that. So that, that, that will leave you feeling hungry in an hour, a little bit bloated, you're not sort of very energetic. You're a bit sluggish in about an hour or so. And about 3 o'clock you think, oh, gee, I just need to have a chocolate or a coffee to peck myself up. Yes. Um, so sushi is probably, even though it's really easy and I'm sometimes guilty of running off to get a sushi bar at 4 o'clock in the hour, I think it's so healthy.
0: Like yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm being healthy. I'm going to have a sushi maybe with brown rice, not with white yeah. but brown rice.
1: And look, that's probably not so bad but there's uh-huh. no... There's no real vegetable component to that. Um, so, and and it's so with carbohydrate things, and this is something that people don't think about when they're eating big amounts of carbohydrates, and especially say you're getting a poke bowl or something like that. For every cup of starch that you have, once your body hit that, once that goes inside your body, that turns to sugar. So, if you're eating a cup of rice, the say it equates into a cup of sugar. Would you eat a cup of sugar? No. No, so I think, and and if you did eat a cup of sugar, it would make you feel the same way. It would give you a lot of energy to start with, but then you'll have a really big crash come down from that where you'll feel sluggish and sleepy and just need a coffee and a chocolate bar.
0: Just the thought of it makes
1: yeah. me like, Ugh. <laughs> So for lunch, I think the best things are if you can get, if you can either take your lunch from the night before that you know is going to be a good source of protein, fat and fiber it's all got it all there because you've planned it out ahead. And if you can't, go to places where you could get, you know, a good vegetable soup or in, in the summertime a salad or a wrap or things like that. So there's no problem having the bread, as long as it's not the whole component of what you're eating, because that will make you sluggish.
0: Yeah. I think, like, thinking about it, like, if we talk also about dinners, and I'm um, just thinking about what I feed my kids the most, it's like um, because my kids are at the moment three and six. So, mm-hmm. I, normally, I know that I should give my six year old a lot more um, consistent food rather than mashed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know otherwise he doesn't eat his, 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 his vegetables. So, what I make is like a big pot of soup, and actually, it has all the 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 right stuff in it like it has zucchini it has eggplants and like the onion like it has like a, a variety of fruit color uh, veggie colors mm. so and then i mix it up and then i serve it with uh, either with chicken or with sausages or with with anything like that so that sounds perfect or sometimes with rice and potatoes or pa- pasta. I don't know. How how do we feel about
1: pasta? Oh, look, I'm not <laughs> a huge fan of pasta for myself, but my family love pasta and they would have it probably once or twice a fortnight. Um, it just makes me really tired and really sluggish. So it, it doesn't sort of bring out the best in me. Um, yeah. But for some people, it does. And if you're having it, if you're having not just pasta and cheese and tomato sauce, um, yeah. that's not a good look. But if you had it with, vegetables of some description um yeah. with a with a bolognese sauce i i don't think that's bad i mean we had because we had so many kids and nobody would ever eat anything um we had we always had this thing if you don't have to eat it you just have to take one bite out of it yeah um,
0: because
1: yeah as, so we, as we age with little kids their taste buds change as yeah. adults when we age our taste buds change because the proteins in our mouth change especially when you're Coming off highly processed food, going to you know whole foods. Your yeah. proteins in your mouth change. Your bacteria in your mouth change. Um, and that would probably be one of my tips about gut health. If people have a bad gut, go off to the dentist because what's happening in your mouth is happening in your gut. Um, oh, really. Yeah so that that's one of the things that I often say to people how long ago since you've been to the dentist and there's quite some long answers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah but most people are very embarrassed
1: <laughs> to actually tell that. you the truth. <laughs> I think we all we I think we're all a little bit frightened of the dentist. So oh, yeah. that that plays a part for a lot of us. Yes, that is so
0: true, so true. Oh, brilliant. I took so many notes. Um is there anything that you want to Uh, that we missed or that I missed and that you think like
1: okay um, I want to still share with the audience look I think the only thing for me that I'd like to encourage there's a couple of red flags that people should watch out for if they have any sort of gut issue if they notice blood in their stools they should go to the doctor immediately Um, if they and don't men particularly don't persist and think it will go away, go and have a checked. It takes two minutes. Um, that's worth doing and it could really save your life. Um, if you have a gut issue, don't wait to get it treated. I, I see people that have waited 30 or 40 years to have somebody look at their gut. It's much more difficult to to repair um, after there's been so much ongoing damage. Um, you know, imagine throwing a rock at the side of your car in the same place for 40 years. It would be really hard to get that out. Um, so that's same with our body. So the, those things I think are really important. Don't don't hesitate. Do something quickly, and you'll see it change happen really quickly um, in in the way your signs and symptoms react. And yeah. and if that you you know your body innately, if there's something doesn't feel right, go with that and get it checked. Don't if a doctor says to you no, nah, it's just IBS, um, you'll be right, mate. Don't yeah. accept that because no. it's not just IBS, something else is going on, which you can fix and you can move on to have, you know, lead the light that you want and you can go to work and, you know, do the um, amazing work you do. So yes. that's my that final point. Uh, brilliant. And you're absolutely right. And on that note,
0: I wanted to also say, like, sometimes, and I'm guilty of that, I wouldn't link all the symptoms mm. to my gut. Mm-hmm. Like, if I would be constipated, I wouldn't, initially think like oh it's it's my 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 gut i have to fix fix it so like that's an educational process that people also need to acknowledge like what your gut actually is in charge of and can can help you uh achieve a better life quality basically
1: yeah yeah Mm. and i and i think the other thing is you need to ask yourself some questions is this happening often Mm -hmm. am i experiencing this over and over what is it that I'm eating? Am I and I have I fallen off the wagon and having takeout five nights a week? Yeah. Um, am I eating lots of processed foods? Um, am I drinking enough water? Um, once you tick off those boxes, am I highly stressed? Um, and that's one thing that people don't think about with bowel stuff, gut stuff, brain stuff. The higher you're stressed, the less chance of all that working well. Um, and, and the reason being is because you're in fight or flight. Um, So your body's taking all the blood away from your digestive area and putting it to your extremities so you can run away. Um, So when you're in that state constantly, you can't digest food because your body just doesn't have the capacity. It's trying to gear you up to save yourself. And when you're in that state all the time, your digestive enzymes turn off and all those sorts of things. So it's really, really difficult um, to digest food and to not be bloated and gassy and burping and get reflux. Um, by being eating in a stress state or an emotional state. So that would be one other thing that I would I've say. never thought of that and it makes so much
0: sense. So it's basically like, let me let me get this right. So it's basically if you work in a high-stress environment because a lot of the people that mm. I work with or that are listening mm. to the show, they're in uh, senior managers, role directors, heads-off. So they have a lot of responsibility. So the stress levels are... Often are quite high because they have, uh, they are responsible for budgets and so mm-hmm. on. So if then if they are stressed and then the food doesn't really get processed and
1: absorbed in the right way, like w- what should they do? So my biggest tip around this um, is if you are emotional or angry or any of those things, don't eat right at this minute. Um, I would suggest you sit quietly somewhere and breathe deep into your belly because what happens when you do that and I often say to people remember where they used to hold hands when you watch an old western movie they all hold hands saying great (laughs) well I don't think they did that just for the religious side of it because it would also be to get them into the moment to get them out of that fight or flight response back into the rest and digest response which is where you need to be to, to really digest and absorb the food so by deep breathing Um, It's a really good thing because that brings you back into your body, brings it back into the centre of your chest. If your diaphragm's moving up and down, it will really work to calm everything down that's happening in your body um, and then you'll be able to digest normally. Um, And the other thing that Hillary Clinton used actually when she was going up against Donald Trump was alternate nostril breathing. So if you Google that, there's really good YouTube clips on how to do it. That can change you from your fight and flight response to your rest and digest response in about 90 seconds. Um, So I often encourage people to, to do that if they're really stressed to actually take the time, the 90 seconds, to just get into the right frame of mind. It will change your life. Um, if, you, if you're particularly eating when you're stressed and then you're getting reflux and um, yes. heartburn, and bloating and all that. So those will- are the
0: symptoms. So for, for the people that are highly stressed and they have to burp, have like uh, acids, like the, the taste of acid in their, in their mouth or heartburn or mm-hmm. anything like that, that's a, a, that's a sign that you're not digesting the food that you just ate or that you're actually not in a state of, of, uh, of mind or that your body is not in a state to really digest the food you would put in. So the best is not to eat and then actually do some breathing exercises yeah. so that you get present and that you actually are not in that flight uh, survival mode instinct uh, yeah. or survival yeah. mode uh, uh, sense.
1: perfect Perfect. you've got it
0: you're a star student today oh my god (laughs) brilliant so this was a brilliant episode so if people want more of you where
1: can they connect with you what how can they find find that how to work with you Okay, I am on um, my website's www.digestivedetective.com.au. I'm all over social media as Digestive Detective. I also run a Facebook group called Love Your Guts um, where I go live a couple of times a week talking about topics. Um, Yesterday we talked about habits and how to break uh, habits and how to get out of habits that you've had for a long time that are ongoing. Um, I also do an Ask a Question uh, Wednesday, because sometimes you just want to know one thing, and I'm really happy to answer questions like that about, you know, somebody would ask me what's the best probiotic to take, or when should I um, eat my fiber, or should I take a supplement fiber, things like that. So I think that's really important. Um, and I offer a free 15 minute consultation. So if you if you are having struggles, and it's not a sales call, it's when you ring me, I will tell you what you should do next, um, and give you one thing that will help you right now. Um, so you can go on with your process, you know, and that might be a Band-Aid solution, but it will give you an idea of what else you need to do um, to, to move forward with fixing your problem. Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you so
0: much for being on the show. I took a lot of notes and so that I'm going to definitely implement and um, look forward to actually like discover more about this because it's definitely an area that I, I want to learn more about. So thanks again for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Caroline. No worries. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.